Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Support Solutions. In each episode, we'll chat about what we're up to and bring you fantastic interviews with guest experts, as well as our app of the month and top tips, all aimed at helping you to grow your VA business. So grab a cuppa, sit back and join us for a fun-filled hour. Hi Joe, we are here at episode 12, can you believe it? And it's just been really intense, because um, as our listeners know, we've been recording most of these first batch of episodes during the lockdown of COVID, because um, people have time in their diaries to talk to us. And it's just been amazing. And not only amazing, but quite tiring as well. Have you found that too? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the combination of an additional emotional level of coping with the children's nervousness um, and having my husband at home, which is unusual, has increased that constant juggle and and being in front of the screen more. And there's been a whole lot of just additional stuff that feels like it's going on. And I'm sure all of us in the VA community are, are feeling that whether we're juggling children, remote caring for elderly relatives, or just the juggle to manage client needs in these very difficult times. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And there's a lot of uncertainty around, and uncertainty can be very absolutely. tiring to deal with. So what have you been up to this week in specifically since we last recorded an episode for example I know we're doing them fairly back to back but since we last spoke what sort of things are you been focusing on outside the podcast well I um have decided that I would do a revisit I set 90 day goals and so I had got to a point where things just weren't sitting quite right um and i'm sure again it, it goes back to that strange time where um i'm regularly revisiting my targets and my goals and so I, i've had a sort of top to bottom review of my planned activities for 90 days um some of them i've put down as unachievable in this 90 days because mm. of the climate so i've moved those across and I'm just being a little kinder, I think, over the next 90 days for myself. And, and I've not packed it as full as I normally would. Yeah, I think, I think that's it. And, and I know certainly for me, um, I'm a member of a trainer community. And they often think I'm superhuman uh, because I do do a lot. And I know I do a lot and I achieve a lot. Um, but this week, um, I am tired. And in fact, I got up this morning and I thought... I don't want to do anything today, but I had one marketing activity planned, which I needed to do, and this podcast, which I want to do because I'm thoroughly enjoying those. Yeah. And actually, that's all I'm going to do today. So once the podcast is done, um, I'm going to walk away from my computer and I'm, I'm not going to do any more. And in fact, I'm not going to touch it tomorrow or Friday either. Um, she says theoretically speaking but I have the intention of not working until Sunday it's here we, we work here in Israel on a Sunday is a normal day so I've just been funny enough to talk about planning uh, I've just had uh, Microsoft to do open 
and I've created a master list where I've just kind of brain dumped all the things that need to be done and then I've created a second list which is the things I'm going to do on Sunday and I've just plonked two things on Sunday and that's going to be my lot but outside of that to relax I kind of went out yesterday for a lovely long walk in the afternoon and this morning I baked birthday cake because it's my granddaughter's seventh birthday and we're actually going to visit them tomorrow so I'm not going to be online tomorrow so I've got tomorrow morning I'm going to enjoy myself icing that cake never done fancy icing before so that's something new to learn uh, but that's that's what I'm going to be doing I'm going to be be doing that and I've been thinking about also the new courses that I want to create um, but we can perhaps talk about that at the end because I've got some questions for our listeners so what have you um, yeah so so that's kind of I asked you first okay so we are going to be talking today to the wonderful Charlotte Wibberley, who is the owner or founder of the Association of Professional Virtual Assistants. Have I got that right? APVA, Association of Professional Virtual Assistants. And I'm very excited to talk to Charlotte. She's one of the first people I spoke to um, when I was thinking of setting up tomorrow's VA and providing training for, for Microsoft Office for VAs. I spoke to three um, very respected VA trainers. One was Amanda Johnson, who we've interviewed in our inaugural episode, and Charlotte was the second person I chatted to as to whether there was an, even a need for what I offer, and both of them helped me validate that requirement. And so it's a huge honor for me to interview Charlotte today and find out all sorts of things about her, because she's recently also won an amazing award so I'm really yeah. looking forward to talking to her Joe how do you know Charlotte before we get in there um I met Charlotte ooh, I don't know quite early on in my VA journey we met at the PA show and it's quite funny actually because both you and Annabelle Kay posted um clips uh, memories from Facebook of your talks at that event and that was the event that I first met Annabelle Kay and first met Charlotte um, and a couple of other of the VAs that you know I count as friends in, in my network and I think Amanda was also that was the first time I met Amanda so it, it's been a number of years. Welcome to Virtually Amazing the podcast Charlotte it's a Pleasure to have you here. And as I was telling Joe in the introduction, you were one of the three people I spoke to before I set up tomorrow's VA. I spoke to Amanda Johnson, who we've interviewed, and yourself, and also Lindsay Taylor of Your Excellency. And she may come on in a later episode. And uh, so I want to say thank you for giving me some advice right at the beginning of my journey into the world of VAs, although I'm not a VA. And, um, and I know that that uh, Joe's known you for quite a while. And before we get into kind of the big nitty gritty chat that we're gonna have, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you uh, and who you are and what you do? Thanks for that, Shelley. And it was a, a pleasure, of course. It was an exciting time. I seem to remember being in a flat in Bristol, having traveled down there for work and talking to you about it and getting really excited about the potential that somebody actually wanted to focus on BAs as a, um, as a market 
for this sort of stuff as well. So um, yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure. So for those of you that don't know me, I'm Charlotte Wibberley and I am an automations and funnel specialist and I'm also the CEO of the Association for Professional Virtual Assistants. So <clears throat> I started my VA journey back in 2012, having had a baby and doing the classic of uh, wanting to avoid the commute so I could spend every waking moment with my new little little person. <laughs> so um, I've been working in the city in London for about 12 years, so it was a bit of a shock to the system moving completely virtual and having to learn how to do things like actually sell myself, market to people, find clients and generally learn how to build and manage a business. But, um, but yeah, I kind of built my business up over a series of uh, months, ended up with a, a team of associates, um, and then moved on obviously to other ventures, so including uh, the Associ Association of Professional Virtual Assistants, a bit of a mouthful, we call it the APVA. Um, so yeah, now at the moment I kind of juggle my automation and funnels business alongside running the APVA with my team, so it's all good fun. Mm. But that keeps you really busy as well. <laughs> Keeps me out of trouble, that's for sure. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so, so what made you set up the APVA? Let's talk about that first. Mm. So it's a story I like telling because it involves wine, but um, <laughs> it, was a, <laughs> it was a social evening for VAs. So uh, myself and another VA called Amanda Slap, we've been out for drinks with, which we'd organised for virtual assistants in London. And whilst we were talking as a group, it kind of became very apparent that there were more and more people coming into the industry, which was wonderful, so a sign of a, a thriving, growing industry. But we were really struggling to find any kind of associates or other um, VAs that were running their businesses in what we deemed to be a professional way. So <clears throat> we were constantly finding that people we were trying to take on had no insurance or um, worked without a contract. And so what we wanted to do was to build a community for people that wanted to run their businesses professionally or understood that that's what you need to run a safe professional online business and give them a forum to kind of come together, to network, to collaborate, um, to work together. Uh, so that's kind of how APVA was born, the APVA as it was back then, uh, was this community, this membership, this support network for those kinds of VAs. And of course, at the same time, we were thinking about um, setting industry standards because there were several organisations out there, but none of them were actually requiring people to uh, have certain steps in place to, um, to, to set up as a VA. So that's when we started talking about um, how you actually do need this stuff in place to protect not only your own business, but your clients' businesses. Mm -hmm. And so the kind of wave, the wave went from there. So after we'd got that in place, People were coming to us saying, well, this is great, but do you train people? I've been training VAs personally for uh, two or three years already. So uh, it seemed natural to kind of bring that into the mix and yeah, just kind of grow, grow legs from there, really. That's great. It's lovely when things grow organically, when an idea takes off and, and, and works out. Jo, what, what sort of things do you want to ask Charlotte today? Uh, well, I'd like to ask Charlotte um, about awards because I know that Charlotte has been nominated previously for a, a number of awards and recently won an award what do you I mean first of all congratulations on your win um, but what are the benefits for VAs for entering awards and what advice would you give them 
for going through that process of uh, applying uh, and getting nominations for an award? Yeah, well, I think, look, anything you can do to put yourself out there is good. Uh, in this in this kind of market, in the online space, you've got to be visible. And I'm a firm believer in attracting rather than reacting. You know, being that VA that jumps on a post and says, hey, I can help with 200 VAs. Other VAs are unlikely to get the business. But if you start positioning yourself in a way that attracts the people that you're trying to work with, then you're in a much stronger stronger position to gain work. So I think awards even going for awards being nominated for an award can go leaps and bounds into sort of establishing you as a as a leader in that field or as an expert in that field so i'm a firm believer in applying for what you can as long as it's relevant to what you do and you know we're all entrepreneurs here so thinking entrepreneur awards not just pa awards um you know lots of us are pas have been pas i was certainly a pa before i was a va but not all VAs are PAs. So um, I am a little bit of a firm believer in going for entrepreneurial awards. Um, so I think, you know, adding it in as a strategy to sort of get yourself visible and get yourself that credibility that you need is a really sensible thing to do. So if you are thinking about entering an award and you're having those like heebie-jeebies that we usually have about having to write um, the stuff that bigs ourselves up or demonstrates what we've done in a past life then i think get somebody else to write it that's a really good tip you know you can still provide the key bullet points of information about stuff that you've done but in terms of the style of writing it in that way that doesn't often come comfortable to us um getting someone else to do that for you can really really help but there's no doubt that by entering awards and obviously if you win them it's fantastic but even just by entering them it gives you that that added boost and credibility that it can make the difference in terms of standing out yeah that's really, that's interesting. that's really interesting and um i've throughout my training career have always um gone for various accreditations to make it so that people i train trust that i can do what i say and i'm not just oh it's shelly official she's learned how to taught herself how to use a word and she can now teach me um i've actually had along the line lots of different training qualifications and when i had a training company i had the company accredited by the learning and performance institute the business itself was accredited and i think it does make it make you stand out um, and attract a better class of clients as well so those clients that you want to work with yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and this is that's kind of the essence of what we've been doing with the APBA is over the course of the last three years we've had our accreditation in place so that's we manually check everybody's application that comes in that's things like privacy policy insurance documents we see the documents the contracts everything as Joe knows so she's been through the process we do check everything and we ask them to recertify every single year and the reason behind that is because um, this is becoming such a flooded market and there are lots of people that are um, wanting to set up as a VA, particularly in this day and age. Yeah. And that's great. It's wonderful. But we want to make sure that people are doing that in a safe and secure way. And as I've said before, that, that's not just about their own businesses, but that's about their clients' businesses as well. So um, giving people that sort of peace of mind, giving them for their own VA business that they're running at best practice, but also for the, the business owners that are taking on virtual assistance, we're seeing more and more people come to us asking if we have got a certified um, VA that, they can, that we can recommend to them because they are looking for somebody that has that seal of approval. So I completely agree with you, Shelley. Yeah. So do you recommend people? I mean, because I, I, I'm now known within my trainer community as somebody who works with VAs and yeah. every so often I'll get a trainer 
contacting me and saying, can you recommend a VA? And I don't recommend anybody generally, um, but I send them to different places to look for VAs. So what would you say, where should I send them? So I tend to send, well, obviously people that come to me that are looking for my approved VAs, then we've got a directory for those just for the people that have actually gone through our accreditation. So that's our findyourva.co.uk. So I usually send people to there. Again, I don't necessarily go, oh, you should work with this particular person unless it's particularly obvious it's a specialist skill that I know that it, this person would work well with them. They've got what they're looking for. But otherwise, I would send them through to our directory and say, look, these are the people that we know um, have got all this stuff in place. So you can focus on whatever it is in terms of finding somebody you can actually work with from a relationship point of view. But in terms of their contracts, their insurance, their data protection, their AML, if they're doing financial stuff, that's all been checked. So they're all good to go. Excellent. Excellent. And what would you say to a brand new person? So in this market that we're in, the time that we're recording these, where um, there are going to be a lot of people who are going to be sitting there wondering whether they've actually got a job to go back to in the next three to six, eight weeks, however long period that is. Um, and so they're looking around for what should they do and they've, they've worked in an office, they've done some admin, they can write an email, they can write a letter, they can build a spreadsheet uh, and they think, oh, I'll be a VA. Um, how's that going to work for them? What should, how should they be thinking strategically about making that leap? Well, I think, you know, I'm a great believer in the fact that being a VA isn't, there's not a job description for being a VA because all of us do completely different things. Um, some people do social media, some people do processes, some people do funnels or, you know, it's a whole wealth of experience. It's more about the way of working. So I think everybody needs to think about what it is that they are already good at and turn that into whatever they're offering to their clients so mm. um, rather than kind of sitting there and going oh I want to be a VA I should learn how to uh, manage diaries or mm. um, you know or yeah. run somebody's yeah. social media if that's not what you've already got in your toolkit so to speak I think thinking about what it is that you enjoy doing and that you are good at doing is a really good starting point so before investing in sort of hefty courses training you how to do x yeah. y and z it's, it's worth thinking about what it is that you want to be offering as a service or services and then i think the other the other key thing is really getting support on board now obviously that is the kind of thing that we offer but before you even get to that stage i think get yourself into some of the free um Facebook groups, so virtual assistants, there's tons of them, there's some really, really good ones. There's international ones, there's UK only ones, there's networking ones, there's tons of free groups. And I think even just getting in there and uh, starting to network with other VAs, mm. asking questions um, is incredibly valuable, not only from um, actually reading what other people are putting and getting a feel for what's going on in the market, but it's so important to build relationships between other VAs because that's where collaboration happens. As you know, VAs um, work with associates, with teams all the time. And they tend to be uh, other VAs that they have a relationship with, that they trust and that they know. So right from the out, if you are soaking up information from those free groups to get a feel for what you need um, and also building, starting to build those networks with the other VAs, you're going to be standing in an incredibly strong position. I think the only thing I would add to that as well is um, there's been a lot of stuff recently about um, in this day and age uh, about starting up as a VA and uh, the amount that you can earn and I almost would 
um, put that aside and work out what it is that, you, that feels like a good amount for you to earn. So there's been quite a few bits and bobs about earning 10, 15 grand a month, um, which is incredibly possible, but it probably only with a team, especially if like me at the moment, you are working 50% of your hours because of COVID and you've got your kids at home. Yeah. I think you've got to be realistic about where you're going to start from. So I know lots of people right now might not have the luxury of being sat there and going, I have a full-time job and I can think about um, building my business slowly. They might need to get things up and running as quickly as possible. But I think being realistic about how quickly that income can grow is going to be a really um, sensible thing to be aware of. I.e. don't think that in two months time, you're just going to have replaced your London PA income because it takes time to build up a business. Agreed. And actually, building it slowly and organically is the best way to make sure that it's sustainable yeah and it's not just the work that you do because I think what a lot of people who who end up running a business lose sight of is the running a business part of it so it's how many hours a day have you actually got to do the work and how many hours a day are you going to need to spend on the marketing the accounts the all the ancillary stuff and if you haven't got time to do the marketing and, and getting out there you won't have the clients in order to do the work so um, I think that's people people lose sight of the amount of time that all takes which leads us into your funnels and automations uh-huh. <laughs> Me, that, yeah, that was totally unplanned. How about that? <laughs> so how uh, how how did how did that come about? How did you get into specialising in that area? Because I'm fascinated by that. Well, as I, as I've said to you and alluded to um, earlier in this chat, uh, I left London as a uh, PA and project manager. So I've been doing diaries and just organising my wonderful boss for years and years and years, and that's what I knew. And suddenly stepping out, this whole world of tech that VAs were using was a bit scary I've got to be honest but really for me most of it came from um, being self-taught so when I set up the APVA back in 2015 all of the systems behind that the membership site the affiliate side of it we use Infusionsoft all of that I was doing myself because I couldn't afford with a new association to be outsourcing it so I was self-taught for a lot of it and I think it was only uh, a couple of years ago that I decided to officially do some training and accreditation both in Facebook advertising and in Infusionsoft and Active Campaign and things like that. So it's kind of been self-taught and then I guess certified after being self-taught and learning some new bits as well. But it makes sense and actually I never realised what a methodical person I am and I like structure and building out you know a sequence that starts with where your client's entering into a an automated sequence or you know a funnel you're trying to get cold audiences in and transfer them into a warm audience I love all of that I love the whole process of getting them from a to b and making them turning them from sort of cold person that may or may not know about your business into a into a sale through the power of automation you know I could talk about this all day but I'm sure it'd be boring (laughs) I don't know I was just before my I set myself two things to do today one was this interview and the other was uh, I've been working with uh, my marketing um, assistant on our active campaign automations um, and they've devised a whole load of automations for me. We were switching them all on because I had to edit all of the emails that were going out because I knew what they needed to say, uh, but then all the tags and everything else. And then, you know, I got the half the tags wrong in the wrong place, so they were checking it. Then we were turning it all on. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I get that. But I'm not like that. <laughs> it's not doesn't come naturally to me. <laughs> I guess it's if if I at the beginning thought about it, it probably didn't come naturally to me back then either. But I think I I was so keen to build a business or businesses that had multiple revenue streams. So had an affiliate side to it that had digital products that had the membership that had my one-to-one work that almost I had to piece it all together at the outset because, um, you know, after having my first child, I had another, another child in 2014. I've got two kids. Um, I do work school hours and, you know, we've gone through everything from COVID to my son broke his leg two years ago and I was off for eight weeks and certain elements of that sort of, I guess, more passive income and digital products has allowed my business to carry through the whole time. So I guess anyone that's in my membership groups and stuff will get sick, sick to death of me going, you must have an email list, you must have a digital product, you must have another revenue stream it's I think it's important to be aware of um, you know the things that might come up and we are limited uh, in whatever business we are to if we work one-to-one to the hours that we personally have available so it's worth thinking about your strategies for growing a team or introducing something automated or digital into your business just from a sustainability point of view yeah really really good Joe any anything to add I, I, only that um, I get very excited by the automations and, and <laughs> systems and processes. So I think I'm in a similar camp to um, Charlotte in, in that I don't, I'm not um, a, an Infusionsoft user, but um, I do use Active Campaign and that sort of thing. So yeah, I find it really, really interesting. And also, there's a huge amount of benefit for a business to automate um not just on the marketing funnels but on others as well so um i i'd just say to charlotte um what are what are the other key pieces of advice you would give to um vas in this very very difficult time existing vas whose businesses might be struggling because their clients are struggling i think again it goes back to there's not a magic solution to this. It's a crap time. It really is. And I think there'll be people that, well, I've seen it within my own membership group, that there's people that, whose businesses have just collapsed overnight, as in all clients gone, no income at all. And equally, there's some who are growing their businesses still. And the main difference between those without, you know, putting ownership in it is, is either in the, the types of services that they're offering, i.e. at the moment, everybody wants people to help them get online or, tech stuff is not going away um, where maybe some of the other pieces of support so diary management other bits and bobs mm-hmm. might be you know people are finding it easier to cut but then I'm also finding the people that are consistently showing up and are out there marketing are having lots of a problem as well and that's mm-hmm. because at the moment everybody's at home everybody is on their phone everybody is online looking for stuff and absorbing stuff and if you are if you know how to and have the ability to be on video and putting stuff out there all the time you are standing yourself in the best possible place to gain new business um so i think you know the advice i've been trying to give to my own members is think about you know i'm not saying that you should all just abandon what you've done before and change completely what you're doing but is there stuff that you can pivot and is there you know stuff that you can 
you know, using your skills that you can use in a way that's going to be attractive to the business owners with where they are right now. Because, you know, some business owners will be sat there going, I can't afford to outsource, but equally many of them are now having to rethink how their businesses look because this isn't going away overnight. This is a long-term thing. And they, a bit like you, Shelley, don't necessarily have the headspace or want to do their own tech or manage their own zoom meetings or set up their own you know there's things there's opportunity there and they themselves are in the same boat of having reduced hours to work possibly because they've got their kids at home so i think there is still opportunity to be had it's just going to be going how can you be visible online to gain new clients and with your existing clients what value can you add to them with assisting them with wherever they're trying to go and pivot in their own businesses yeah it's interesting because in in the training community that i'm in you know a few hundred of us and um you know most people face-to-face training just dropped off the face of the earth like overnight people saw their diaries decimated and over the last four weeks everybody has been um changing to this online model and the number of trainers who didn't have the tech skills uh, because they train different things i mean i'm in the tech area i mean i'm in the tech skills area but you know a lot of the other things like um personal development stuff soft skills they're not technical necessarily and all of a sudden they've got to manage an online environment and also when you are delivering something online you you actually the best delivery has a separate person uh the person that manages the background the chat the technical problems if I'm mid-flow talking about I don't know excel tables or something and somebody says well, I can't get in or I've lost my sound there's somebody else to manage that so I think there are huge opportunities out there for the techie minded um, VAs out there so yeah yeah I mean it's 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 so my two main clients on the automation side one of them's a dog trainer she's wonderful but like she um she's got in-person training courses and of course the whole that whole side of our business has just completely collapsed overnight and so we're working on taking everything that we can possibly online so there's opportunities there even she wasn't doing stuff online previously the other one's a large membership site and again people are joining i've seen opportunity and people investing in that um, membership organization because they are themselves trying to take their businesses online and getting support to do so so i think if you are, if you get yourself into a place of thinking about the opportunity right now, being in the online space and getting people from offline to online, I think there are things you can inevitably you'll all be able to look at your skills and go, how can I capitalise on that? Yeah. yeah. And what made you choose Infusionsoft, just out of interest? Do you know, I did some training on Infusionsoft way back in the day when I was pregnant with my daughter, and I just really liked the interface of it. Okay. Um, and then that is what. I chose to use to support the APVA. So our whole membership organization is run through Infusionsoft. So it's the one that I knew the best. Now, active campaigns are close, close second, but yeah, um, but yeah I'm an Infusionsoft partner now. So yeah. that's usually where I try to get people into because I guess for organizations such as ours, it can manage the really varied numbers of automations and segmentation as well that you need it to. So yeah. With, with many of these things, I think with the tech, there's lots of bits and bobs that do similar things. Much of it's about user and how they, you know, user interface and how yeah. they like to use it. Yeah, how do you feel about that? Well, it's just been amazing and I've really enjoyed our chat and I think we'll kind of slowly draw to a close now. 
Um, is there any last thing that you'd like to say to our listeners generally about being a VA, best thing in the world, best decision you ever made, that sort of thing? Um, yeah, so I was categorically the kind of person that would never have gone self-employed. Having had a, a dad that was self-employed who worked every hour that God sent, it was absolutely the last thing on my list. But where am I now? Seven, nearly eight years down the line. I just, I cannot imagine being an employee now. And that's, I don't, I don't ever put anything as rose-tinted glasses. I'm all about being real about it. It's been bloody tough at times. But genuinely, from as a young mother, a young as in my children are young, um, <laughs> it's, um, it's gen I just cannot understand how I would make it work um, if I was employed. So I think for anyone that is perhaps on the fence and thinking, oh, you know, but it's not for me. I was, I knew nothing about marketing. I knew nothing about running a business, and I certainly didn't have the the get up and go to be self-employed. But somehow I've made it work. So if I can do it, I, I really do believe that with the right support, other people can do it. It's just about knowing what steps to take. Because again, it's not it's not rocket science. I think the, the best thing that people can do when they're entering this market is to learn how to market their own business and how to run their business and you know deal with um, suddenly being a, a business owner rather than an employee. So that kind of always seeking opportunities and being out there rather than you know, as an employee, it kind of lands in your inbox, doesn't it? Um, so I think, yeah, get the support in place to make sure that you understand what it takes to run a business. It's, and it's really useful and, and um, really nice to hear because that's kind of been a recurring theme. We've been speaking to different people and quite a number of people, maybe in not those exact words, but are saying the same thing. Um, apart from do your research, which is also um, said a lot, you know, know what it means to run a business and learn how to do that so thank you ever so much charlotte for being with us today and uh, i'll let you know when it goes live so that you can please share it super no that's great thanks so much for having me guys and uh, yeah look forward to hearing it thank you all right bye joe bye shelley bye well joe we just had the most fascinating chat there with charlotte i really really enjoyed that one what were your top two takeaways do you think from all the great advice she gave um i think it, she reiterated some of the advice we've had from other people which is um research um and to go into the va industry with the thought that you are running a business and to understand all the implications that means um and it's not just i can type for you or i can do a bit of social media or whatever else it's to think about insurance it's to think about your business setup your structure your accounts um and that's hugely important for um us as an industry to be seen as serious business operators um and to get the recognition that we all deserve absolutely i totally agree there and um i was just fascinated by the whole thing and and i think the thing that i would add to that for me that stood out was to pick an area that you are really good at uh, exactly. and to yeah. offer a service that you know you can add value in in that area to your clients and potential clients um, apart from anything else, the, the, the other side of that is if it's something you're really good at, 
it usually means you enjoy doing it and that makes working so much more enjoyable agreed it, yeah. it is hugely, hugely important that when you go into this, you don't decide, I'm going to be a social media manager, as an example. If you've never done any marketing and, you know, your only experience of social media is sharing memes and, and jokes with your friends on whatever your preferred platform is, and in the same way, don't advertise yourself as a diary manager if like me diary management is not necessarily a strong point but focus on the things that you love focus on um the, the stuff that you're really good at that doesn't stop you moving from where you are now into a, being a social media manager if that's where you're evolution is and your passion is i mean we we heard from charlotte there that she started out as a very traditional pa working in the city which you know is a very very different from what she's doing now but her business has evolved her skills have evolved and she's now focused on an area that she's passionate about and she can deliver and she's at the top of her game in her niche you know yeah, absolutely quite 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 i'll get my teeth back in in a minute it just went there um yes it's 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 podcast fatigue i think yes um, listeners if uh, if you're wondering why we're gabbling our words so i want to move on now and start to talk about our tool or tip our tech tip of the week really yep. so this week um i've chosen to speak about um, branding in a way uh, and styles templates and all that kind of stuff so you are a busy VA you, you either have a range of clients or you intend to work with a range of clients so that's kind of just the context of, of what I want to say uh, and you, you launched word this morning I'm focusing on word but the same can be said for the other packages too there's too much to talk about so let's say that you focus on word and you've got client a who's maybe um, sells vegetables and they want you to manage their ordering process and send out letters to their clients branded in their green colors and with their fonts because that's their vegetable brand and then you have another client who maybe is i don't know in the media and they have a completely different look and feel to the stuff that they put out because it's much bolder and brasher and bright and colorful so every time you need to send out something for one or other of those clients or indeed for yourself, you've got to start each time with the right brand so that the client's documents all look correct. And that's where style sets, particularly in Word and templates come in. So they are two different things. And I just wanted to, to talk about what's the difference between a style set and a template. So a style set basically is a collection of fonts and headings, uh, colors, uh, how your, what your, um, what your shapes, if you put shapes in the document, how do you want those shapes to look? Which are the color scheme? You can customize the color scheme for a document. So which collection of colors are you going to put together? What colors are your headings gonna be? What are your body texts gonna look like? Are you gonna have other styles within that style set that you use for a particular purpose? 
Once you've created all those and you save them as a style set, that style set lives on your design ribbon in Word. And what that means is anytime you start a brand new document, you can go straight to the design ribbon, click on that style set, and all of your headings and everything else will change. Your base fonts, everything will reflect that style set. So that's a style set at a simple level. Um, I'm just going to type any old document for my vegetable client. I'll choose the vegetable client style set and away I go. Then I have to do a letter for the media one. I'll choose that one and then I need to do mine and I go back to mine. So all of those are style sets. So what's the difference between that and a template? I hear you ask. Are you asking? I hope you are. Anyway, so even if you're not, this is the difference. A template will include all of those things, all of that style set, all of the colors and fonts and, and headings and shapes and all of those things. But it will also include any standard elements. So that could be a proposal letter, for example, where it will have an opening paragraph, which maybe is always the same. Uh, and an ending which is always the same or it could be a document with six paragraphs and each time you send it out you choose different paragraphs but it's all there and then you just delete and choose what you want and it could be that you have a template for your vegetable client and it's all branded in the vegetable branding with the standard text and you have another template for the media client and so on a template can also do different jobs so it could be a proposal, it could be a checklist, it could be anything, anything that you can think of that, that you need to do. And by creating a series of branded templates for you, each client, you're gonna speed up what you get done when you need to do some work for that client. So your vegetable client phones you up or emails you and says, I need you to send out a proposal and create me a checklist and do this and do that. You've got everything there as a basis ready to go. So it's not going to take you so long to, to build it from scratch. So you might be saying, well, okay, so it's not going to take me so long, so I can't charge so much. But what it does enable you then to do is to give a better service to that client. Because you can pull up that document that you need, fill in the blanks, your turnaround is quicker. Your client's going to be much more happy or happier with, with your work, it's all gonna look brilliant and that will result in you getting more work and being recommended to other people because it's clear that you know what you're doing. Um, and it gives you also the headspace to suggest things to your client um, because you're not spending that 20 minutes faffing about with layout and setup, it gives you that headspace to say to your client, well, have you thought about doing it like this mm -hmm. or, or like that? And I know certainly when I work with a VA, I, I am very appreciative when somebody else can make that added value suggestion to me. So do you use templates and, and styles and things like that in your business, Jo? Um, I use Outlook templates that I have uh, created, um, standard emails. Um, I also have a business proposal that is a template um, that I load and save sort of for different clients and that sort of thing. Um, a lot of my work tends to be um, more tech side of things. So my standard templates 
um, are applicable for all clients really because it's proposal and then I, I go from there into tech delivery and, and systems and that sort of thing. But um, when I was working as a project manager, I had templates. It, it was one of the first things I did on a, on a new project was uh, as part of setting up the project office, you would have a set of standard templates for reports, for the um, weekly timetabling reports, for the um, exec reporting. And some of those would be slide deck templates using a master slide. Yeah. Some of them would be in Word with the tables and all of that kind of stuff, ready for the project managers to just put their content. Um, so yeah, it's, I think it's just a great way of working. So efficient because you're not constantly recreating the same wheel week after week, day after day. Yeah, and there are lots of shortcuts around as well of, of things that you can use to add to your templates. But I think that under utility uh, within Microsoft Word specifically, and you mentioned the master there in PowerPoint. You can customize a slide master. You can have a slide theme for each client, um, or you could create a template which includes the master. The template not only would include your colors and themes, it would also include an opening slide, an ending slide, any specific layouts that you wanted people to use with instructions. So they are definitely, templates is beneficial. So now that we're at week 12, I feel as if I can mention the fact that I have actually got some courses which you might find useful. And I have one called Master the Slide Master for Windows or Mac, and another one called Work Smarter with Style. And those are for Word for Windows and Mac. And both of those will help you to set up styles, designs, themes, and templates for both of those packages to enable you to work more effectively. So uh, if you want to find that, you'll find all the information on the website. And uh, I think we've waffled on enough today, Joe. don't you? Yep. I have to say, having done both of the styles course and um, the slide master course, Shelley, it, I, I heartily recommend them. I've, I've done both of them, as you know. So um, <laughs> I, I learned a huge amount. Thank you. That's, that's, that's really cool. So I think for now, we're going to wind yep. up. So listeners, thank you very much for sticking with us. It's been a fascinating episode with Charlotte Wibberley of APVA. And we are looking forward to recording the next batch of um, podcast episodes coming up. And as I've said in every episode, if you want to get in touch with us, it's Shelley at tomorrowsva.com or joe at jlbsupportsolutions.co.uk. Drop us an email. And indeed, if you'd like to be a guest on the, on the podcast, let us know. We've got, we're beginning to build our list for the next 12 episodes and we'd love to have you. Speak to you soon. You've been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. We look forward to seeing you or hearing you or you hearing us in the next episode which is coming very soon.